Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Glad to be with you this morning, or after, it's actually afternoon. Chad Hirschberger here with you, filling in for Matt Catrillo today. And Steve Jones will be joining us shortly from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury. They've got uh, all your car buying needs down there on North 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors. And you can go to sunburymotors.com and check out their selection of vehicles. And you can go on there and build the car of your dreams that you would like to have. All of that available at sunburymotors.com. It is a nice day out there in central PA, a little warm. Some uh, possibility of some thunderstorms, I think, going to be rolling through the area later today, and hopefully that'll break the heat. We'll get back to some more uh, temperatures that are more seasonable for this time of the year. But we got a lot of stuff going on right now. Of course, the NBA playoffs are going on in the world of sports and Major League Baseball in full swing. A lot of games uh, going on uh, today, uh, three games going on right now. We've got Cleveland ahead of Kansas City, four to nothing. That's in the top of the seventh right now. We have the New York Mets. Uh, they're in the lead right now in the top of the six, two nothing. And St. Louis is ahead of San Diego, three to one. That's in the bottom of the seventh. Baseball action this afternoon going on across the nation. Uh, coming up, uh, they should be getting underway. Uh, momentarily, um, Colorado and Miami, they will be uh, taking the mound coming up and uh, in about, oh, I'd say about 20 minutes or so. We've got Houston and Oakland, uh, that game going on this afternoon. Atlanta and Arizona will also be uh, on tap here That in, in about a half an hour uh, in baseball action. And then tonight, a couple of games going on. Uh, we've got um, Miami and Colorado, a uh, doubleheader today. They're going to play again tonight at 6.40 Eastern Time. We have the New York Yankees. They're going to take on the Oilers at 7.05. Baltimore and Seattle also at 7.05. And Toronto and the Chicago White Sox coming up tonight at 7.07. Boston and Cincinnati, they're going to play at 7.10 tonight. Also, Detroit and the Minnesota Twins. They take uh, on the Diamond tonight at 7-10. Let's scroll over because there's more games coming up. We got 
Uh, Milwaukee and the Chicago Cubs at 8.05. Also, Texas and Tampa Bay at 8.05. And Pittsburgh and the Dodgers at 8.10 tonight. So it's Major League Baseball tonight. We've got uh, hockey coming up tonight. The NHL, the Rangers, and Tampa Bay. That's it's, uh, set up for 8 o'clock tonight in NHL action. And uh, as I said, you're listening to the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Steve's going to join us. We'll have uh, some interesting talk with Steve this afternoon right here on the radio. We'll get all the latest on uh, what's going on in the world of sports today. And so let's take a break and we'll be back and check in with Steve after this right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. All right, great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which is so important. And a fabulous uh, service department that handles, you name it, inspections, routine, diagnostics, everything. You name it, they can do it. Oil changes, all at... Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. We now know the themes of the Penn State games, but the two primary ones that people wanted to know, when's the whiteout? And it's going to be with Minnesota on October 22nd. That is a 7.30 kickoff. There is still no kickoff determined yet officially for Ohio State, but that is going to be the stripe-out game on October 29th. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to have the whiteout game in prime time at 7.30 with Minnesota and the stripe-out game with Ohio State on the 29th. We don't have a kickoff yet, but of course the concern for many Penn State fans is that Ohio State game because the possibility of Fox is that would it be a big noon kickoff game. Okay. At uh, And that will provoke some conversation with a lot of different people. 
That will provoke a lot of conversation. This is something that right now, as we know, um, the Big Ten is in the process of negotiating its TV contract. And you don't want to overplay your hand in negotiations. But you also don't want to just accept everything they throw at you either. And this is what I, this is what I mean by that. You can overplay your hand. I'll give you a great example, for example, uh, of overplaying your hand when it comes to money. And that's the NCAA, what they do with the EA sports game. They overplayed their hand. You're like sitting there like, this, that doesn't seem right what you're doing here. And they did it anyway. But I think when you have control, control, uh, not the right word, when you have 14 schools they're in a footprint that make up 25% of the population of the U.S. and have a brand as strong as the Big Ten and have brands like Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan as your three lead brands. I think you can then at least say, hey, look, this is what we really want. And one of them... You know, I'll give you two of them specifically that they should look at them and say, hey, look, this is the way it is, and this is what we want. One is, we don't have to have a hand in picking every game, but there's got to be a handful of games during the course of the year, four to six games, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, where our brand heavyweights are playing each other. I don't know, maybe Michigan State gets in that realm as well. That you know our ratings draws and we'd like to see, now you know, we want to have control. We know Ohio State, Michigan's going to be at noon. We want to keep it at noon. But you know what? We think, you know, Penn State and Ohio State we need to have that game in prime time. Hey. Okay? Penn State, Michigan, you know, we need to have that game in prime time. Michigan State and Michigan, we need to have that game in prime time. There's certain games that we need to have in prime time. And Fox, of course, has come up with this the big noon kickoff idea because you've got noon, 3.30, 7.30, and let's just be loose, 10, 10.30, whatever it may be. And... CBS consistently has been winning the 330 slot with the SEC. They're about to lose the SEC. Okay. ESPN wins 730. ESPN wins 1030. On oh, once in a while, ESPN wins 330 or, or ABC wins 330. Okay. But Fox does win noon because of their big noon kickoff idea. So I do understand why they are committed to it. It's been the time slot they've been able to win. They come out of their big noon kickoff show, which is two hours. Boom, they lead into their big game, whether it's Oklahoma, Texas, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin last year was one of them. Right? And they win the time slot. That's why Fox has gone with it, because they've they've figured out that that for them, that is the time slot they can win. Got it.
and that's why Fox does that. But you're in a negotiation now for a contract that starts one year from now, you know, 13 months from now. I think you can make that kind of demand. Look, there's four to six games we need to have total control over, and if you can't put us on at the time we need it, well, one of our other partners will. Which then brings me to the second one, and you know a primary gripe of mine for years. And this is, and again, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me what time the games kick off. It really doesn't. But I think it's wrong to treat the fan in the stand, in the stands, with six-day windows. You got to look at them and say, "Look, you can't figure out twelve days ahead of time which games to be on." The heck with you. We'll have somebody else do it. No six-day windows. Our fans should know 12 days ahead of time, no matter where we are. I don't care whether it's Northwestern or Penn State or Iowa or Nebraska or Maryland, Rutgers. They should all know 12 days ahead of time what damn the doggone game kicks off. Not have to sit there and go, you know, and have fans leave the parking lots of the respective Big Ten schools on a Saturday and go, well, what about next week's game? I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. No, No other sport does that. Basketball, we know all the tip-off times. NBA, we know the tip-off times. NHL, we know when the puck drops. NFL, we know right now what time all the games kick off, who's in prime time, who's not. Maybe they flex a game a game late. Okay, fine. Uh, but when they flex a game, they do it a month out. College football is the only one that does this, well, six-day window. 12. Who came up with that bizarre concept? And I think you're in a position where I think you have the ability to look at them and you're not overstepping by demanding that because you're protecting your gate. So Minnesota is going to be the whiteout game at 730. And then Ohio State's the stripeout game at to be determined. And the fact that that's what they decided to do now on the game has a lot of people speculating that Fox is going to pick it for noon. We'll see. Again, I don't, for me, you know, the it, it doesn't matter to me what time games kick off. I mean, we're professionals. We show up. They tell us, that, you know, the kickoff is at pick time. 3.30, we know we're on at 2. My part about this deals with the fan part of it. You know, I'm thinking about you. You know, the ones that, that that buy all those tickets, tailgate, create the atmosphere, and everything that, you know, and all the wonderful things that you, that you do as fans to make Penn State football special and make it special for us to broadcast. I mean, you're, you know, your energy comes through our headsets every single Saturday in Beaver Stadium. I think, you know, this is a Big Ten issue. This is not a Penn State issue. This is a Big Ten issue. It is not a Minnesota issue. This is a Big Ten issue. It's not an Illinois issue. I mean, the conference is negotiating a TV contract now. I think they've got it. It's not overstepping by saying, hey, look, four to six games a year, we want control over the start time, no matter what you do. Because it showcases the conference in its best light. And number two, no six-day windows. 
you got to you make you have to make all selections when it comes to us twelve days out, unless you pick it ahead of time, obviously. And it's, you know, again, my opinion, my opinion only. But John Orand came up with an interesting theory. And it sounded more as if it's something that was floated to him, but is not the final solution. It is not the final solution, but it was floated to him, and he thought it was interesting. And John's with Sports Business Journal. He was talking to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. John and Andrew do a podcast together. And it's an NFL idea about controlling the day. You start out with Fox at noon with the Eagles playing the Giants. Oh, and by the way, then you've got the Ravens and the Steelers on CBS at 4.30. Oh, and by the way, now I go to NBC, and I've got the Bills and the Chiefs in primetime. So from noon to midnight, the NFL on three different networks controls the day. So John's thought was the Big Ten could get a a game at noon on Fox, get a game on CBS at 3.30, and get a game on NBC in primetime, and the Big Ten would control the day on three different networks from noon to midnight. I thought it was an interesting thought in theory, and and it's something you can tell had been floated to him, but not etched in stone, but floated. I thought it was interesting. We've got John Crispin today, Joe Crispin, Tyler Smith. we got Ivan Mazel on the show tomorrow. We're going to talk about the big picture of college football with Ivan, about you know where are we now with name, image, and likeness? Where are we with the sport? Where are we with transfer portals, can they get any control over it? Are we at a tipping point? You know, because Ivan looks at, it always looks at the big picture. And he's great at looking at the big picture. He's one, absolutely one of the smartest writers we have out there. Level-headed. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by our good friends. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, routes 11 and 15, Ummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. 
Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best of new inventory. All with those great warranties, by the way. Fabulous pre-owned inventory with the all-important Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a great service department that backs it all up and makes it one-stop vehicle shopping. It is uh, in, know, it's inspections, routine, oil changes, you name it. Uh, diagnostics, they handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Uh, Coaches versus Cancer Golf Tournament is going to take place Friday. Uh, Penn State basketball in the lead. Uh, the reception is tomorrow evening at Medler Field, Lebrano Park. Three of the outstanding players that were critical parts of the the 2001 Sweet 16 team, Tyler Smith, Joe Crispin, and John Crispin. Joe Crispin. John, Pleasure to be here, Steve. John Crispin, who's incognito. Oh, we're losing John. Yeah, and, and the person that said that since they're all on Zoom and I'm not because I don't have a face for Zoom, Tyler Smith. <laughs> hey, it's finally my chance. John has no audio, and Joe and I have audio. There you go. Perfect. Actually, I wanted to start with Joe anyway. We were just having this conversation about coaching. So, I mean, you coach. Uh, I try. Nah, you coach. You do a good job with Rowan. And how difficult is it, from a coach's point of view, to put players in the game that you're not quite trusting yet? (laughs) That's a good question, Steve. That's a good question. Um, It depends what time of the season it is, frankly. Exactly. Who we're playing. Uh, There's plenty of time early in the season, and there's there's games you know you're supposed you're going to win, either way. Um, But there's a reason why those rotations shorten in the playoffs. Uh, that's when you find out who you really can trust is when it's the playoffs and the game's on the line and the second half comes. We usually say our rotation's bigger in the first half than it is the second half. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get in in the second half, you got to earn it. You got to prove it. You got to show it. Steve, can I ask your follow up question? Go for it. All right, Joe, uh, would you have been a player that you would trust in a late game situation? Uh, that's a loaded question. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Might have given myself a few more guardrails, but uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll go with I'll I'll live and die with the shooting anytime. Well, I would have I would have trusted all three of you late game. Maybe well, not me. It, it no, depends no, what you needed, no, right? No, the, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Yes, because remember, yes. Tyler hit that shot late at Ohio State that put the game away. On the right wing. On the right wing. You and my mom are the only ones that remember that, and I'm forever <laughs> grateful. But the three of us can enjoy that moment years later. <laughs> well, part of part of trusting is the the players knowing what they should and shouldn't do. Right? We always say, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. So yes, we would trust Tyler because he often realized that. Uh, even if he can shoot that semi-open shot, he shouldn't because then he's got to live with me the next week or so. <laughs> there might be a better shot, and that Michigan State shot was the classic example. You'll see me hesitate and be like, ah, 
I think Joe, I've seen Joe hit more of these than me. So yeah. you have a crack at it. You yeah. at least looked, you looked in the post though. Cause there was, I was occupying the post and I, I had a, I had a real advantage down there. <laughs> yeah. You were posting up Zach Randolph. I know I felt comfortable <laughs> watching it. <laughs> you know, that, I don't guess on broadcast. That's one of the few times I guessed because you know what happened on that play? Tyler, you passed the ball. And it went to Joe, and Jerry stood up, and he stood in front of me. And the ball came out, from my view, out of Jerry's head. And because it was Joe, I assumed it was a three. That's <laughs> funny. That's that funny. funny. That's a good guess. It's a good guess. Well, I don't think, except for a layup or two, I don't remember shooting anything else. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, now that we know what we know with analytics, maybe we, we should have shot more of them. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, but, John, you do a lot of games. I mean, this is something you talk to with coaches all the time, right? and that deals with the 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 timing of when you when you start to put some other people in the game as to whether they can yeah. or can't do something, and it's not easy for them to do. Well, the interesting thing is too is is it's also incredibly situational. Yeah. Uh, in in the sense that throughout the course of the game, the trust is kind of ebb and flow. Right. There are moments in the game where you could trust me, situations in the game where you could trust me even to have the ball in my hands for crying out loud. Sure. Um, but there are obvious situations where you go, that's not where he's at his best. Like right. there are guys, look, there are guys that come off the bench and you say, I don't know what it is, but when he starts, he's not good. When he right. comes off the bench, he's great. Why is that? I don't know. Personalities, situations, Ooh. who knows? Coaches know these things. And is what Joe's not saying is, he knows his players inside out. He probably knows some of his players better than his players know himself themselves. And, and you do have to really invest into, into getting un, getting underneath the skin of these guys to understand what motivates them because ultimately you're not trusting behavior as much as you're trusting motivation. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the other things that Joe's being kind about or being humble about is he would trust himself on the floor because he trusts what motivates him. Right. What motivated Joe was winning. And, and yeah, coaches, they will judge motivations where if, if it's all about somebody being a hero, then you're not going to trust that guy. But if you trust a player mm -hmm. that wants nothing but to win, then I think that changes things. Uh, but, but it, it is entirely situational throughout the course of the game. And truthfully, I think there's a big feel aspect that we're leaving out where, where you got to feel what's going I'm on. Sure you do. And both with the team yeah. in the game and then with the individual because nowadays man everybody comes to the to the game with a whole lot of baggage right like we didn't have as much baggage back then but we did these kids have baggage so you got to see how they're handling the baggage that they brought to that game too yeah well i mean joe what can the what can players do in practice that at least gives you the idea that okay, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a shot. What can they do to start earning practice trust? Um, see, I differ on that a little bit actually, because there's a lot of kids who can do a lot of things in practice. Um, and <laughs> I always refer does... to, I always refer to them as the the five o'clock hitter. Yeah, <laughs> boom, like... boom, but they hit all the threes in practice in the game. They can't do it. One of the things, like, I did actually in my first season as uh, coach here is I just said I'm I'm going to commit to developing a bench. And I think that's something you have to be committed to. It's not something that can just happen. Like, you have to do it on purpose. And you've got to be strategic about it. You don't want to put uh, lesser 
talented players in bad situations. Um, but, you know, it's something you watch like NBA teams now, like, you know, the Warriors in the finals, like they've developed their bench. They have more mm-hmm. options than other teams do because of the way they've played the last mm-hmm. couple of years, the way they've done the season. Um, you have to put players, you have to put players in situations that you're not fully comfortable with in the early part of the season. And what I like to say is I'm trying, I told our team last year, we're trying to learn as much as we can without losing. So I'd rather win by eight, even though I could have won by 20 and learn more winning by eight in November and December than I would win by 25 and learn nothing about players eight through 12. Right. But it's got to be scheduled right for you to do that. Yeah, or you got to just be better. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my arguments. Way better. Is, yeah. You know, sometimes people talk about, or, you know, early on, people say, well, you got to schedule well to win games. And I said, or we should just be better because our schedule's not that good to begin with. Right. Like, right. there's a different mentality of, you know, if you don't give these, if you don't give kids a chance, especially players like, you know, at the scholarship level, it's a little different. Maybe it's, players seven through 11 to get a little more time and ability to develop in games because let it's not that practices don't matter. Um, they do, but they're not the games. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. I don't think I was the best practice player. Um, I'm sure Tyler outscored me in practice plenty a day, but like Kenny Krill uh, crushing all of us. Yeah. When the lights came on, things were different. And yeah. Um, you got to find out what players are capable of. And you want players to surprise you, I think. And you've got to give them a chance to surprise you. Um, that doesn't mean you lose the game over it, but it might mean the game's a little closer than, than maybe it should be. And if you're getting good enough players, then, yeah, you should win the game anyway. I mean, players come in and, look, everybody was the best player on their team. And then they get there and they have to realize, okay, how do I fit here? Tyler, what kind of adjustment was that for you to then realize how you fit in as opposed to being a primary option, which you would have been in high school? So uh, my first couple of years, I was probably not playing the best position that fit my game. It took me a little while because I felt like, all right, I'm in college now. I should be able to do more and I'm growing more. I'm getting faster and stronger. And, uh, but it just didn't really click for me until my junior year. I got switched from a three to a four and then was able to really, uh, come into my own a little bit and find my groove. So, um, that, that was a big help that the coach done the coaches staff. they moved me to that, that better position that, that fit my game a little better. Um, and, and that's when I was able to really start to, um, play my, my best basketball that, that I was capable of playing and help the team the most. So, um, it, it took a little while for me. And then, you know, when I kind of left Penn state and then was able to play a little bit more overseas, then I could expand my game even a little bit more and go into new teams that didn't know like who I was. And so, you know, if I shot some like, fade away from the foul line i hit it they're like hey that's your game that's your shot i'm like yeah it is yeah it is (laughs) steve this brings up an interesting conversation though because you're talking about development at a time when development is borderline dead uh with transfers are are like look i transferred uh, but the times are different in terms of kids developing into a role developing a game and then leaving I think you're seeing less and less uh, of what we're discussing right now in today's game. Oh, I agree with you completely. That's a, I, as soon as one of the issues you're finding, and this is in a general interpretation, right? But in general, you feel like the first like roadblock that some players run into, they run someplace else. 
Yes. Yeah, and I mean that start again. Like that starts in middle school with a lot of these kids. It's it's really it's really a, a cultural thing in the sense of basketball culture. Is if it's not working out, if I don't like the position I'm playing, I'm out. I'm going someplace else. I mean, how many kids you see in college that played for three or four different high schools? Yeah, and ten different AAU programs, and are now in their third or fourth school. Yeah, uh, it's it really it's amazing and. It's it's one of those things that needs to play out a little bit because it it's not working well. When you see the percentages of kids in the transfer portal that actually end up on a, a roster, I mean, it, it's scary uh, that so many of these kids are going to enter the portal and not have a place to go, uh, let alone not develop, let alone not grow, uh, let alone not develop good habits or accountability. All the things that look, we used to celebrate college sports and they we used to call them student athletes right mm-hmm. student part came first now it's professional sports at universities uh where where you have kids transferring all over the place the kid's been in school for four years yet he's nowhere near earning a degree mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with academics it, it is all about basketball and it's something that needs to play out and then ultimately in the end where we get back to is where we once were because somewhere along the lines there was a good sustainable model of amateur athletics uh we understand we're not pros but it's hard to fix it when the grassroots are are really the issue well and that that brings up obviously the uh, word of the last two decades that comes up all the time culture so to the three of you how difficult is it to get a culture as to how you think the program should be and how the players accentuate that culture when there's so much movement. Well, I think oftentimes we make the mistake when we talk about culture, we think very rigidly, right? We, we read a book about culture and everybody tucks their shirt in and they do this and they do that and this team's got good culture and that's what good culture looks like and that's just not how culture works, right? Like I want one aspect of uh, my culture as a coach to be bringing in great players and making them fight for every minute they get. Uh, I want that to be part of our culture. Well, how do you get that? Not, it's not the same way, right? I want our culture to be what, what I like to call an anti-fragile culture, like a culture that just can, we can adjust to the chaos of injuries and different opponents and geez, now it's COVID and everything else. Um, to create that kind of culture might take something different than what we've read of in books. So it's the same thing, right? When you want to create a different kind of culture, um, yeah, if you don't have as many four-year guys, then you're going to adjust that culture. It can still be healthy. I mean, there's plenty of professional sports teams who have healthy cultures, but change half the roster every year because of salary caps. So, mm-hmm. so the same thing that can happen. I mean, I I hear John's point and, and naturally agree with him more or less, but I think there's also this element of um, colleges and universities figuring out uh, the athletic model um, still. Like we've kind of think that they've like arrived because we've reached this point of um, 30 or 40 years where things were relatively consistent. But, you know, the reality is most kids when they're 18 years old throughout the rest of the world do become professionals. Mm-hmm. And the, the one of the issues we had with the amateurism model is um, 
you know, we were we were a little bit playing with fire. So this this kind of is inevitable. I mean, I've even argued like I, I took one coaching course at Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many coaching jobs in the world. There's only master's programs for coaches. I mean, so even in academia, it's it's, it's almost biased against some things like that. Um, you have to major in business to go into coaching. So there's there's a there's a larger conversation here about where sports fit into universities and our culture at large that is not easy to figure out because we all know some of it's a little out of control because of money, um, but there are some healthier conversations we can have too that uh, might, uh, my, uh, the last point, right? My daughter's majoring in musical theater. And my first question um, at Messiah, they have a great musical theater program and she is majoring in it. And it's awesome and it's all intensive. And they asked for questions and I said, why don't we have this for basketball? <laughs> right? So we can do this with musical theater. We can't do this with coaching. We can't do this with basketball. There's some, there's some limitations here. There's some larger conversations we need to have um, that yeah, probably in the next 30 minutes we can figure out, Steve. Exactly. We can do that in the next 30 minutes. In fact, we can solve every problem here in the next 18 minutes or so. What we'll do is we'll solve some of those problems with Tyler Smith, Joe Crispin, and John Crispin in the next half hour. So more with them coming up in a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, more with uh, Tyler Smith, John Crispin, and Joe Crispin in the next half hour. Want to get into more of the nuts and bolts of what the three of them think about today's college game. Uh, And it's not just in basketball, but in every phase of intercollegiate athletics. John, of course, you know, Joe's coaching. Tyler traveled all over the world playing. And John, of course, is on ESPN now doing games and in studio. So I want to get their thoughts from them about the state of where we're going with this. I'm going to have more with Ivan Mazel of On3.com tomorrow about some of these same topics. Where do we go from here? And we talked about whiteouts today and stripeouts. And those are, you know, uh, it's the fans, the players are the ones that provide the excitement. The coaches are the ones that provide the structure. The fans are the heartbeat. I mean, they're the heartbeat of it. I don't care whether you're watching at home or you're sitting or you've made the extra commitment to be there in the stadium, the arena, the the rink, whatever it may be. The fans are the heartbeat. The players are the excitement. The coaches are the structure. The fans are the heartbeat. We'll talk with John, Joe, and Tyler more next half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.